Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. We've got another day talking about God. Mm-hmm. His judgment, yeah. His vengeance, the God of vengeance. It's a hard conversation in this postmodern yeah. culture. It is. We don't like it. I, who is, look, I admit it. Who, it's not who, my favorite topic. Who is anyone to take vengeance on anyone yeah. in our postmodern culture? Like, why would you do that? Well, if you're God, okay. Maybe if you're God and you see that there is great wickedness and sin, mm-hmm. you realize. And and again, like we said yesterday, we actually all realize this. You know, we watch movies and television shows and we see the news and we feel like, look, vengeance needs to be taken. Mm-hmm. And uh, God says, hey, I'm going to. Yeah, that's wait, right. Wait on me. Why don't you so go we're going to read about that. Uh, I'm going to read from the New King James Version today. Psalm 94. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs. O God, to whom vengeance belongs. Shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob understand understand you senseless among the people and you fools when will you be wise he who planted the ear shall he not hear he who formed the eye shall he not see he who instructs the nations shall he not correct he who teaches man knowledge the lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile blessed is the man whom you instruct o lord and teach out of your law that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help. My soul would soon have settled in silence. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity, which devises evil by law, have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense. And my God, the rock of my refuge, he has brought on them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. When you are the oppressed, when you are the afflicted, when you're the enslaved, when you're the persecuted, when you're the abused and misused and mistreated, knowing that God is the judge, knowing that God is a God of vengeance, that God is watching, that God does see, that God does hear, that God is going to make it right is a comfort. I was just going to say, and when you are the powerless, which you're giving all these scenarios and images of the powerless. But right here, it seems to me the psalmist is really decrying the one who is in power because he's using it 
for evil. He's yes. using it to oppress. And when you are the powerless, there's one you can turn to, and that is the all-powerful Lord God. And again, while I, I know we're going to probably say this over and over again this week, while vengeance is not our favorite characteristic to think about, that may be because we live such lives of ease. Mm. That may be because we as Christians in our modern Western world, we uh, we don't suffer as did the ancients when they served and obeyed God. And I don't, I don't know what we need to do about that. I think we live in a very unique time and place because in all of history, because of this freedom of religion here in North America, here in the United States, because it has not been that way for most believers for in Christ most of history for most of 2000 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we go back to the times of Israel as they were often placed under mm-hmm. the oppressors and sometimes the oppressors were their own kings. That's right. Sometimes it was because of the wickedness of their own rulers. I read one guy who said, you know, when when this psalm would have been really perfectly written during the reign of Manasseh. Okay, I was thinking I was thinking maybe Ahab and Jezebel, well, but yeah. yeah, Manasseh would have been Either awful. Way, yeah, both of those. <laughs> you know, you've got these times where the kings themselves are just mm-hmm. wicked, awful rulers, and it's causing terrible things for the people. And what, what can the people do other than cry out to God? Well, I think about it, like, again, I, I was thinking of King Ahab and a Queen Jezebel, because they were... Uh, oppressing all of these faithful ones, you know, Elijah's running for his life, but she was, she also had a program of instituting a new religion. She was going to have the state sponsored bow worship. And so she's got the, you know, the table where she's feeding the prophets of Baal every day and all this Baal. I'm trying to say that correctly. Uh, And how terrifying for the people who are trying to hold to the true worship of Yahweh. You are being criminalized in the land of Yahweh in this promised land for faithfulness to that God. It discouraged Elijah so much that he wants basically to die and wish he'd never been born and all such as this. God encourages him. There are 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. But put your place, put yourself in that place. What are you going to cry out to God in all of this? I think you're going to cry out a Psalm 94, aren't you? Cry out a Psalm 94. How long? How long? Let's sing it again. And (laughs) sing it again. With feeling. This, Yeah. Let's (laughs) rise and sing this one again. So here's the thing. The how long? How long? We we read yesterday from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and let me just read it again um, in Ecclesiastes chapter, oh, chapter 8, sorry. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Okay. This is this is what happens when, when punishment, when judgment, when vengeance is not when, taken when, quickly. When the wheels of justice turn slowly. That's exactly <laughs> right. But But that's what God does. God... He does not move on our timetable. And here's what that produces. You know, in our psalm that we're reading right now, we've got people say, oh, the Lord doesn't see. He doesn't perceive. Back in Psalm 10 and verse 11, we've got that same thing. This wicked person, this sinner says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. This is a repeated Mm -hmm. refrain. When God, because he is patient... Because he endures, because he doesn't bring the justice speedily, 
we recognize that there are some people who take that as an excuse to sin even more. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they say, oh, well, I, I didn't get struck by lightning, so I might as well just go ahead and keep doing this. I might as well just keep at it. And that certainly happens with folks. And so we sit back. I think we ought to ask, well, why is it long? Why, why, why does God hold off on this justice, Andrew? Uh, well, that's exactly what I want to ask about it. So we've talked about that this psalm calls God the God of vengeance. Um, but it is tempered because he is also a God of long-suffering, a God of patience. Yeah. In fact, you know, p- part of God's tarrying and why he does not return and why he does not execute judgment immediately is because his desire is for people to be saved. I think of a passage like 1 Timothy chapter 2. He desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, that's his heart. He wants sinners to be saved. And that is a gracious God and a loving God. It doesn't mean that he won't take vengeance, but he is going to give people a sufficient opportunity to repent and to turn to him and to make things right in so far as they can because what he really wants ultimately is for their salvation and for them to be with him forever in heaven not to be separated with him forever in the torments of hell and of eternal judgment and perdition so you've got a I guess a priority. Is that the way I'll say that? His priority is for people to be saved, not for people to be damned. That's part of him. So that's one reason why we see he is tarrying. In Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 23, he asks this question. This is God. God's asking. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, Mm -hmm. and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? But when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice and does the same abominations that the wicked person does, shall he live? None of the righteous deeds that he has done shall be remembered for the treachery of which he is guilty and the sin he has committed for them. He shall die. So in Ezekiel, he goes back and forth between fathers and sons as as one lives righteously and abides by God and turns to him. And then the next one decides, no, I'm not going to do that. And he goes into sin. And then the next one says, "I, you know what? I'm actually going to serve the Lord. And what God says is the soul who sins will die. Yeah. He says, but look, if someone is in their wickedness and they turn away from it, I don't want them to die. I don't take pleasure in their death. I'm not a God who's sitting up here looking to zap people. I'm looking to save people. And, and I love that. And, and you mentioned Manasseh a minute ago, and he, he kind of fits a little bit that scenario that Ezekiel gives as far as who his father is and his yeah. son and so forth. But, you know, the wonderful thing about Manasseh is that he he starts out being so wicked, so evil. But then you do see at the end of his life a change. He repents. He repents. Yes. God gives him a length of days and he repents. Now, here's the thing. In Ezekiel 18, 25, God says, but here's what all the people are saying. So he's given this teaching about the the father and son going back and forth, the person who repents, the person who falls away. In verse 25, he says, yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. Here now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Mm. And he goes through and talks through this this again. His, his point out that what he has here is justice because he deals with that impartially. You know, it, no matter how wicked a person has been, if they turn away and repent and turn back to him, he provides forgiveness. Yeah. But no matter how righteous a person has been, if they turn away from that and go into folly and wickedness, well, then they're going to face judgment and condemnation. And he's impartial about that. And that is justice. But this is the problem. We think 
that if justice is delayed, justice is denied. Mm. And I get yeah. that in some circumstances in our in our world when we're talking about our civil courts. That 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 makes perfect sense in many of those places. But when we're talking about eternal condemnation, what a mm-hmm. great mercy it is to hear that God does this for you. And in fact, I think this is why we struggle with vengeance at all is because we're afraid that we're going to be on the wrong, not the wrong end, but what we think is the wrong end. That when God takes vengeance, he's actually going to see what a rotten, wicked sinner I am, and I'm the one that suffers in his vengeance. And I think that's why it's really important for us to recognize the mercy. Yeah. To recognize that he is waiting and he is giving time so that you can repent, so that I can repent, so that so many others around us can repent. Sadly, many people take that as an excuse to keep sinning. Yeah. And that's uh, and that's awful and God hates it worse than you and I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he loves our souls enough that he's going to give us that time. Yeah. Yeah. And we praise God. Amen. For that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that you joined us for <laughs> uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Let's I, yeah, just go I, ahead and I, wrap I, up. I, I mean, I Let's think go so. I Please send us uh, an email, org. Let us know what you're gaining from your study of God's Word. Rate, review, share this podcast. It means so much, and we thank you for listening today. Of course, we always want to close out our devotional times together with a word of prayer. Edwin, would you lead us, please? Holy God, you are the God of vengeance. You avenge, and you avenge correctly, and we ask you to shine forth. We ask you to take over vengeance because we get it wrong. Folks have done things to us. And we, we want to react so quickly. And so we ask that you would give us the strength and the faith to hold off because you will do it correctly. And we need to be corrected and disciplined ourselves. And so we pray that you would discipline us so that we do not have to have your vengeance administered against us. Lord, we do ask sometimes with the psalmist, how long? But we're so thankful that we have learned from your apostles and prophets through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that your length of time is because of your patience and your love and your mercy. And so we rely upon that. Lord God, help us in this time that you are merciful and patient, that we actually get the message of your son Jesus out so more people can have forgiveness rather than suffering that death. Lord God, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.